Brady. This is Club Hell. Thanks for coming, kids. Hey, Hello. This is Notes from the Back Row. A cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rides, hell rides, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to another episode of Notes from the Back Row. This episode I am extremely excited about. A few months ago, fellow co-host and fellow chud buddy, Carlo, tipped me off to a movie that I had never seen, I had heard of, but had recently been released on Blu-ray by Vinegar Syndrome. If you are a collector, you'll understand and recognize the name Vinegar Syndrome as one of the greatest labels going right now for cult cinema, trash cinema, obscure cinema, um, vintage erotic cinema, and more. And when Carlo told me to check out Psychos in Love, I did, and I am forever in his debt because I fell head over heels in love for Psychos in Love. Now, Psychos in Love was directed by Gorman Bouchard, and was actually the second collaboration of sorts between director Gorman and star Carmine Capobianco. They previously had worked together on a film called Disconnected, and then, in 1987, Carmine starred as co-lead in Psychos in Love. Psychos in Love is a horror comedy. It is so amazing and so funny, and I just fell head over heels in love with it, as I mentioned. And so... Carlo actually was able to get an interview with Carmine Capobianco after friending him on Facebook. So I'm going to throw to the interview. It's wonderful. They talk a bit about uh, Gorman and Carmine's deal with Charles Band to produce a number of films, what happened with those. They talk about how they got started in the film industry. It's really interesting, super fascinating, and it's really exciting i'm like actually super super excited because i just love this movie so much and so to hear this is amazing so other than that if you'd like to get in touch with notes from the back row you can go to back-row.com you can email us at backrowcineblog at gmail.com and you can find us on facebook twitter instagram all of the social medias at backrowcineblog is the name on all those so here is carlo interviewing carmine Capobianco, star and co-writer of Psychos in Love. You're going to love this. Check it out. Walk into my life one night At first I thought you'd be like all the rest Born and talk to and boring in bed In general and all around pest I was all set to cut you the little bitty bits Chop you, dice you, slice you, slice you, drill with Just say like for the people listening um, The short history of why this podcast is even taking place so a couple of months ago, there I am for the first time being exposed to Psychos in Love. And I'm watching the extras on Blu-ray, checking out all the, all the interviews with you and Gorman. So I decided to get in touch with you via Facebook because you seem like a nice guy and welcoming to fans, which you are. And, and we start talking right off the bat. We're just cracking jokes, making each other laugh and, you know, just hitting it off. Um, so before we get into Psychos in Love and all that, I just want to know... Um, and if you're anything like me, I kind of already know the answer to this, but you know, how important is it for you to make people laugh? Because for me, there's, there's no better feeling really. Well, you're, um, you're a pretty funny guy. Well, thanks. <laughs> that's, no, you, you know, that's the best compliment you can get. <laughs> Especially, you know, from a, leg- a legend like myself. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not debating uh, no, that. you are. I mean, we've had conversations on- online, and uh, I just thought you were, you were very, very funny. Oh, um, thanks. Yeah, uh, no, there, there, is, there is no better feeling, and that, that's what I, I really like, like to do. Um, it, it makes me happy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's what you need to get through life. Like, for people like myself as well, if I... If I stop losing that ability to make people laugh or like even make myself laugh on occasion, I'll admit uh, it's just 
like why bother oh, even sure. now? Sure. Now, uh, what languages do you speak? I speak well this language, which I don't exactly know what it is. <laughs> I try to make the best of it. Uh, I speak Dutch because I live in the upper part of Belgium. That's where they speak okay. Dutch. Uh, well, they also call it Flemish. Um, right. I speak a, a bit of Japanese and that's about it. A little Japanese. Wow. A little Japanese. Yeah, I studied Japanese for like eight years. Oh. So I speak a little Konnichiwa, Kalosan. Konnichiwa, Kalosan. That's pretty good. Now, uh, how did you learn English? Uh, just growing up, uh, mostly with cartoons, I feel like. I watched a lot of like Looney Tunes growing up. Um, and they would mostly play in like UK channels, British channels like BBC. I think most of it came from that. And another thing is that my dad basically spoon fed me Marx Brothers movies, which cool. I know you're also a big fan of. Uh, Huge. Yeah, so that's kind of a thing I also got a kick out of, you know, like watching uh, Psychos in Love and your other movies, like the, the Groucho uh, lines in them. And so um, that was so cool. Um, so comedy wise, was there anything else that inspired you? Like, I know the obvious ones, uh, but stuff that inspired you enough to borrow lines from or, you know, things that just made you laugh that people wouldn't necessarily pick up on, you know, like more obscure stuff than uh, Marx Brothers, maybe? Um, you know, definitely them. Um, definitely uh, Python. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it, you know, with Cycles in Love, I try to throw in uh, homages, however you want to pronounce that name. That's good. Uh, that word to, uh, from Evan Costello. Oh, yeah. Uh, um you know the whole the whole wedding scene when when I was fooling around. You know we we're doing the thing with the names, playing with the names yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Three Stooges. Uh, you know everything, but it's all classic comedy. Of course, Woody Allen because there was the interviews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, yeah, and um, just trying to be kind of bizarre, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gorman and I wrote the script. It was kind of a back and forth thing, and and I would just go way out with it. And every once in a while, he would say, mm, that's a little bit too far. But most of the time, he, he just said, yeah, that's kind of... And then when we started filming, a lot of it was ad lit. I mean, even the poison scene. Oh, yeah. You know, when I'm putting the poison that's in. That's such and, a good he, scene. He, he, yeah. <laughs> and and it, we filmed that without sound. And he's, he's like, no, put more in. Put more in. And I, and I started putting more in. And, and I just ended up dumping the whole thing in it and squeezing it. And stuff like that. <laughs> so it was just, you know, things you don't expect and things that are over the top. And even with um, Galactic Gigolo, we kind of did the, the same thing. A lot of over the top stuff. But unfortunately, that didn't turn out as, as well as we wanted it to because we didn't have um, 100% control over that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cycles. I read about that. Uh, so, so that was part of like the Charles Band deal that you had, right? The, the, like the four yeah. movie deal, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, what what happened there? Like, I know that uh, you know generic films just went under, and then it just stopped. Uh, and you just ended up making two movies. Uh, we actually did th uh, four, I think. Yeah, we, we did five, but there's one we, we don't talk about. Um, our, the, the first movie we did was Dis Disconnected, which is available from um, Vinegar Syndrome, just like Psychos. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, uh, you, you saw the movie? Yeah, I did see Disconnected, just recently, actually. Okay. Uh, right after that, we did a movie called And Then, and we, we don't talk about it. And I didn't mean to men mention it, but, I mean, you know, mostly Dutch people will be listening to this and won't be understanding what I'm saying anyway. Actually, uh, it's it's going to be on, like, an international site. So a lot of, like, uh, I work with new with people <laughs> from New York and Canada, so... Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know where those places are. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> and then uh, we did... Well, what had happened with, I think I may have mentioned it in the extras on Cycles of Love, but I'd won a Best Actor Award, and then we decided to do Cycles of Love, and he said, I want to make it the star, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there was this history that we did Galactic Gigolo, and then things started to fall apart, and then we did um, Cemetery High, and then Gorman and I had a falling out, and we didn't really speak with each other for many years. Yeah, and now, and now we... Uh, you know, we get together once in a while and, and you know, t talk a lot. So, yeah. Okay, cool. 
So uh, I read that Cemetery High, you had to shoot that movie twice. Is that is that true? Yeah, the, we we had uh, Gorman and I had done the script, and it was really bizarre. It was really funny, and a lot of it was over the top. And I guess what happened is after we filmed it, we sent everything to Charles Charles Band, and he said, "Wow, this isn't the script you sent me," which it cer certainly was. And he said, "I want more of this, and more of that, and more of this, and more of that." So technically, um, we really filmed the whole thing over. So you, you only get to see me at the very end, just standing on the balcony somewhere. Um, but I had a, I was the uh, Debbie's father. Okay, and and, and um, Donna from Seconds of Love was my wife, and yeah, so it was it was a pretty big part. But then it just got a little different because I when we we had to film it again, and there was just so many problems. I said, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've also seen Galactic Jiggle and Cemetery High fairly recently, and you know you can tell there's still like charm and 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 they're still kind of funny, but it definitely feels like something went wrong there on some level that was out of your control, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, did you ever have like conversations with Charles Band? Like, what what's Charles Band like? It's he it seems like just a mysterious businessman yeah uh gorman absolutely loathes him he doesn't like yeah, him at all there's a lot of people who talk that way about charles <laughs> um i met him once at uh, at a convention and i said hey you know i'm i don't we've never actually met i'm carmen and i did galactic gigolo and and stuff like that and um um and i i said you know, from galactic gigolo and he just looked at me and didn't really say much <laughs> okay <laughs> and then uh a, f a friend of mine was working for him and somebody else said hey you know what i would love to do a sequel to galactic gigolo i said well ask charlie and so Char uh charlie said oh absolutely not he said I, I i'm not i'm not wasting any more money on that so, oh jeez. but i also have a friend who worked on cycles of love he was a kid at the time and he would love for us to get our hands on the raw footage from, from Galactic Gigolo. And he would love, uh, his name is Jan Ratter. Um, oh, he would yeah, love I know, to yeah, I know the name. Yeah, yeah. he would uh, love to re-edit it the way it should be. Because it wasn't edited for comedy. It was, col it was color corrected in, uh, badly. Uh, we used a lot of like very bright colors to make it look like a cartoon. And, and they color corrected and everything ended up looking muddy. Oh, that's such a shame. Yeah. Gorman, like he lost the, or he he never maybe had the rights even to Galactic Gigolo. Like, um, I don't think he does have the rights to that. Yeah, so like it'd probably be kind of hard to put out a director's cut, uh, even. Um, yeah, no, director's cut is just yeah, that's never. Gonna... Yeah, 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 which, which is a, a shame. I would I would love to see uh, not Gorman edited as much as you know Jan because I think Jan has probably a flair for comedy. Uh, Gorman absolutely absolutely does. But, um, yeah, the both of them editing it the way it should be. I think it would be a pretty funny movie. Yeah, like hopefully someday, somehow, that that would be cool. Because there's definitely stuff in that movie that works. But, yeah. like you said, it's, they really butch, uh, butchered it in editing and color correcting as well. Like, if a movie looks like mud, that's no fun, you know? Right, uh, right. That kind of movie just needs to look like a cartoon because that's what you're going for. Exactly. And, but there are a lot of fans. A lot of people really love that movie. Hmm. Well, I won't say I love it, but I do like I do think it's charming, and there's definitely potential there. So that's why it's such a shame, you know. So yeah, I was asking about like the way that that Charles Band deal like just fell through. Uh, about like that whole experience, maybe souring you guys on making movies, and was that like the base of the falling out you have with Gorman? Like, is that? A thing you're okay with talking about or um well that was that was definitely part of it um it didn't really sour me uh there were a lot of things that did sour me on the whole the whole thing and then i um i started uh, you know raising a family and then i opened up a chain of video stores and so as i had that chain of video stores there was somebody else who was making movies and he said hey would you would you you know do a little part of my movie because you know you're a legend or whatever the hell he said <laughs> and i said sure now in the meantime there was no internet or we did have internet but it wasn't that um you know it was the, the whole yeah so we had we had no idea about uh cycles in love about the kind of effect it was having on people so i did that little thing for him and then i did another movie with him and then he ended up uh doing um a couple of more movies and i had uh i did it with him uh, his name was uh 
uh, Tom um, Seymour, and he did Land of College Profits, and I was in that, and a couple others that he did, the Bikini Bloodbath. Um, and so I was just, you know, doing that, and I, I had my stores, and I had my family. I didn't really do anything after that. Um, when I closed my stores, I got a call from James Balsamo. So, um, and then he wanted me to do, I guess I was his idol. <laughs> he wanted me to do a, a um, cameo in a movie called I Spit, I Drink, I, what is it? Um, oh my God, my mind's a blank. I I eat I something you're something. Okay, <laughs> whatever it was. So I did Fill that, and then I started doing a, a, a few movies for him. And then, uh, do you know Debbie Rashan? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, and then uh, I was I was online, and I think I said this on in the extras, and she she was online, and and uh, another director I'd worked for, Richard Griffin. Uh said, hey, you know, it was the first time he'd met me, he says, aren't you the guy from Psychos in Love and Galactic Gigolo? And I said, yes. And Debbie said, oh, my God, you know, you're, you were in Galactic Gigolo, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> and I had met Debbie several times, and we were in a couple of movies together. We never had a scene or anything. And I said, yeah. I said, Debbie, we had met. She goes, I, I never knew you were in Galactic Gigolo. She said, what part? Were... I said, Debbie, I was the Galactic Gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She goes, oh, my God. And, uh... Then she sent me a private message. She said, can I have your email address? And I said, sure. And I gave it to her. And then she sent me an invitation uh, to be in her first um, movie that she directed, which was Model Hunger. And, and I was like, holy crap, you know. And we still didn't get a scene together. We, we've actually been in like Bikini Bloodbath and a couple of James Balsamo movies. And, and I never had a scene with her. And then uh, at one point... We were doing a uh, model hunger signing at, at Forbidden Planet in New York, and James said, "Look, I, I'm going to be in New York. I, I need to film. You, you're going to come back and do a uh, the same character that you did in, in Cool as Hell One. You're going to be Cool as Hell Two, and Debbie's coming back to do this character. And now you can get a chance to be in a scene with Debbie. So I got I got my scene with with Debbie, and we filmed that. And then we went over and we did the the model hunger um, DVD signing. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that was great. Nice. Finally. <laughs> yeah, but but if you go onto my Facebook and you go to my videos, you will see that there is a little scene that we do that uh, Mike Watt, who did um, a bunch of movies like um, Sorority Babes, no, no, not Sorority Babes, uh, Demon Divas, in the Oh my God! I can't remember anybody's movie, but Mike has done several movies. His wife, uh, Amy, has done several movies, and um, so he had. We were down at some convention, and Debbie was there, and he had filmed us doing this silly thing together. So we did get a scene together, but it wasn't anything that, you know, wasn't an actual movie. And she and she's a super super sweetheart. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So. Do you miss actually making movies, though, yourself? Like, being involved creatively? Is that a thing that you're like, I wish I could do that again? Like, write something? Uh, like, I don't know, you, you said you're still in touch with Gorman now. Have you guys ever talked about, like, doing well, something? Well, Gorman basically does documentaries. Now. Yeah, I saw, yeah. Yeah, That's, yeah. that's a thing, though, yeah. So, um, as far as us doing, like, a horror comedy, I really don't see that happening. Um, writing... Um, I I have an article in a local newspaper, uh, you know, my own column. I have that, and then I, you know, I, I do some writing, but I haven't really done anything for for movies. I just kind of relax now. I'm really mm. old. I'm like 91, and I I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the energy to you know do all that because I mean when we did when we did cycles, it was like you know eight o'clock in the morning until like eight o'clock the following morning and then everyone goes back to the train station. it was just it was exhausting yeah it takes a lot out of you yeah yeah you know, I, i used to make like short movies with a friend as well it, it's pretty exhausting like yeah. you can't keep you can't keep doing that you can't keep that up right uh, um especially if you're not you know making any money from it so it just, it's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, that's yeah. another thing yeah. doing this for free holy yeah. crap <laughs> so yeah um, must have been hard like making all those independent movies at, at first like you know disconnecting and psychos in love uh well you, you know it was it was kind of cool because um they needed movies you know video was starting to get big and they didn't have enough enough original stuff to put out so people were buying up these movies left and right 
um, you know, a cemetery high was originally called, um, well, I think originally it was called, uh, uh, see what you... What was it, the Attack of the Killer Bimbos thing? No, even before that, it was oh, called... Oh, before that, even. Yeah. Oh, or my like God. Or like Teenage Slasher? Yep, slasher yep, slasher yep. Teenage Slasher Sluts, and then yeah, it was something else. Yeah. And then it was called Attack of the Killer Bimbos, and then, um, I guess, Charlie had liked that name so much, he gave it to Anita something or other to, to do it. Is another, it Anita Rosenberg? Yes, yeah. yes, Anita Rosenberg, who's another sweetheart. And um, I talked to, I was talking to Eddie Deason. I, I said, you know, you, <laughs> if you look, if you look that that movie up in some places, it has my name on it. You look it up in other places, it has your name on it. So it's just uh, okay. That's weird. Uh, it, it, it's your movie now, Eddie. <laughs> um, who again? He's he's such a sweet man. He really is. So, um, uh, what were we talking about? Oh my God! What happened to my head? All I keep thinking of is, is Belgian waffles, Belgian chocolate, and Brussels sprouts. That's all Belgian, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't call them Belgium this or that. We just call them waffles and well, Brussels sprouts. That's the thing, though. Uh, and chocolate, beer, like this This is the place you need to be if you don't like being on a diet. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, you mentioned before like your video store. It's called Fun Stuff, right? Right. So, you know, for the people listening to this, I've only seen your movies. That's a video store you used to own. And that's the thing you did after you did movies, right? And what was it, in the I, 90s? Uh, yeah, I opened it up in 93. Uh, both my parents had just died and they left me enough money to open up a video store. So that that's what I did. And I, I, I was the probably the only video store in the nation that... Uh, rented out, um, you know, their own movies. They, you know, I, I guess Blockbuster eventually made some of their own movies, but a, l a little different because you were w actually waited on by this superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those were all your movies that you were renting out then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the really cool part of it, you know, I had no idea I was going to get back into it. And again, I had no idea about the reach of uh, for cycles and love that i mean here you are in belgium and you know who i am yeah you know? i know it's a and little crazy huh? <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm very flattered but um i had no idea i was going to get back to the movie so I'm, you know I'm, I'm i had this great horror section and i had movies you know with debbie rashan and i had movies with tiffany shepis and i had movies with lynn laurie and i had movies with all these people um you know De deborah lamb and stuff and that and then all of a sudden you know when then I closed the stores and I did something else. I started doing movies. It's like all these people became my friends. And I'm like, oh, I remember your face on this box. I remember your face on that box. And and it's it's uh, it's kind of freaky, you know. Yeah, yeah. But cool, though. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's way cool. I remember when I was in high school. Uh, I, I don't know what night it was, like Monday night or something. And I don't know why I even did this. But there was a show called, uh, called the uh, Brady Bunch Variety Hour. And I would watch it, and I would kind of shake my head. And, and there was this girl on there named uh, Jerry Reichel, and she she was like the second Jan Brady. And she was she was really annoying. She was like, marsh, marsh, marsh. She was like, oh, my God, this girl's really annoying. And then years later, we're friends. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, it's just, it's funny. It really is. It's just, uh, uh, you know, you, you see these people, and now you know these people. And it's just like, yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> What, what do you miss most about that, like the video store thing? What do I miss most about the video store? Yeah, about doing that. Like, is it... oh, I I miss being my own boss, and I miss having money in my pocket. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I probably don't have to ask why you stopped doing that, because well, like, you know, video stores. Like, is that still a thing? They're dead. Nah. Uh, there's, there's like maybe one or two in Connecticut, and the funny thing is, my my youngest daughter works in one of them. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. that's cool. So she's into movies as well. Oh yeah, well all three of my daughters are, are into movies, and my son who is who is just here, he's right now he's into video games, but I'm sure we'll, I can get him. Into, he does watch movies with me, but if if I said do you want to play a mo uh, a game or do you want to watch a movie, and it's just like well, duh, okay. <laughs> He'll get there, I'm sure. Like I, I, I dabble back and forth as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the unfortunate thing is I, I suck at all video games. No, so okay. I, I just I only, I'm only I only do well with the word ones. Oh. <laughs> and every night before we we go to sleep, my girlfriend and I will lay in bed and we'll play seven little words and monkey wrench and stuff like that. And it's just like you know the word games. Those are our video games. Yeah. Right? That, that's our fun before we go to sleep. So. Okay. Cool. 
So I was thinking, like you, you were in film school as well, right? You graduated from film school, and well, I, I went to uh, Western Connecticut State University, and I originally started. Um, I was a music major for about twenty minutes. Okay. <laughs> and then. So that's why you did I the went, soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's why Gorman turned to me and said, "How long were you a music major?" I said, "20 minutes ago." Here's a piano. That's go, enough. Go, go, go write a song. Yeah. And uh, then I was a uh, English secondary education. Okay. And then um, the girl I was with at the time, she said, "I'm going to change my major." I'm like, "Why?" She goes, "Well, it's you know they have photography, film, and television." I'm like, "Really?" So we both of us stupidly changed our major. She eventually went back into uh, um, English, uh, into education. And I opened up a video store, and now I have no money and no good job, and I'm broke. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to eat ramen every night. Hey, ramen's pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not a luxury meal, put, but it's pretty tasty. <laughs> yeah, I have to put ketchup in hot water. <laughs> I, can, I, I can only dream about going to Belgium and having a, a bear and a piece of chocolate. Hey, you can come over anytime, man. There's, there's even a, a film festival in Brussels now. I can just say, like, uh, Screen Cycles in Love, I know the guy who was in it and wrote it and everything, and you can come over, no problem. <laughs> well, unless um, unless I can sell some of my, ra my ramen noodles, I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, graduating from film school, though, is, it's, uh, is that the place where you also met, met Gorman? No, no. I had... Um, I had... Graduated uh, from college, and I had this opportunity to open up a store in downtown Waterbury. And I had a photo studio, and uh, we did, you know, it's an advertising agency, and we did this, we did that. And the people started leaving because they weren't making any money, and I got stuck with it. So I, I put in a modeling agency so I can at least, you know, try and convince girls to do a portfolio so I can at least make 25 bucks here and there. Um, it was kind of like a modeling agency, and I get a call out of the blue from Gorman. He, he said in his, you know, inimitable deep voice, "I'm looking for a model." <laughs> and he was doing a um, a music video for a band called The Replacements, uh, who actually were the, was the band in the movie Disconnected. Yeah. So I said, "Well, come on down, and uh, I'll let you go through the book, and you can look at some of the some of the people I have there." So he came down. We started talking, and he said he was, you know, going to do this short film. Um, called uh, The Phone Thing. And uh, we started talking. He found out that I was really into film and blah, blah, blah. And he asked if I wanted to help. And then we started talking. And then we, it became a feature. And we, it was called Disconnected. And we, we go to New York and try to raise money for it because we shot it on film. And on and on. And we just had a lot of fun doing it. And we shot it. And, you know, that was, uh, that was it. And it, uh, that's how I met him. And that's how we got to work together. Nice. So... Was it because of watching movies that got you into the idea of making one? Or was it like seeing there was a market for low-budget horror and figured, what the hey, let's give this a shot? For some reason, I never, ever, 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 ever expected to make any money from it. I mean, of course, I had those pipe dreams of like, hey, you know, I'm going to get a mansion in L.A. And a, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> another one in, you know, New Orleans, another one, a big brownstone in New York City. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, now I'm like, oh boy, I gotta get a pair of shoes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it it didn't happen. It didn't happen. You know, we did disconnected, and I remember I was looking at some of the returns on it, and I think you know we sold it to to Thailand maybe for fourteen bucks, and okay, yeah, and we had to pay. Uh, all the investors back, so we did, we didn't make anything from it. But when we did Cycles in Love. Um, we made it, and it was really, that was a labor of love. We just had incredible amounts of fun yeah, you can making tell. that movie. You can tell, yeah. totally. And we didn't really care how stupid it was, how silly it was. Uh, um, and then we, Gorman shopped it around, took it to L.A., and Charlie bought it. And it wasn't until years later when either Gorman or somebody else called me and said, did you know that they're not making Cycles in Love anymore? It's a, it's on moratorium, but if you go to eBay, you can get a copy of it on VHS for $99. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, what? Someone would have paid $99 for that movie? Yeah. And then they did. <laughs> and then um, 
as time went on, there was a, another friend of ours that you that let us use his video store and his drive-in for Psychos and Love. And he calls me up and he says, listen, are, are you at your store? And he had a video store uh, about 20 minutes away. I said, yeah, why? He said, I, I have a, a, about three kids here. And I just sold him my copy of Psychos and Love. And, and for a friend of theirs who's sick, you know, he's not feeling well. So they thought they would cheer him up and give him his own copy. And I said, look, I can do you one better. I can tell you where you can find the star. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, he said, is it okay? I said, sure. So they came down to fun stuff. And they brought the movie to, and they brought me a bottle of grape soda and we're taking pictures. <laughs> and and it, was, it was my first foray into like I'm you know, kind of famous for a moment here. I just, this is kind of neat, you know, signing autographs and, and all kinds of stuff. So it was just like a five minute moment that I enjoyed profusely. And I thought it was really cool. And these kids were happy. And I thought, oh, I can't wait to tell, you know, whatever his, their friend's name was that we got to meet you and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And my customers are like, but who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it wasn't until after that when I started, uh, you know, getting on Facebook and, 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 oh, oh, you know what? I got a call from Mike Watt, who got a call from Tom Seymour. Um, he wanted Mike to um, review um, one of his movies. And he said, I noticed that Carmen Capobianco was in that movie. He said, I'll review it if you give me contact information for Carmen, because I want to interview him. So... I interviewed with Mike um, many, many years ago and, and had no idea that, you know, there were so many fans of him. He was a huge fan of Psychos. And he had, you know, he, he started off with a bootleg, I, I guess, and he just went, you know. And uh, when the article came out, I read it. I'm like, holy crap, this guy really likes the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm thinking, like, this is weird. I mean, he's in he's in Philadelphia. Um, those those kids were in like from Stanford, and it's like, I mean, how how much of a reach does this, this movie have? And then one day, Gorman calls me, and he says, um, out of the blue, and he says, listen, um, would you want to record a um, Commentary, commentary for, yeah. yeah, for Psychos in Love because there was a huge letter writing campaign in Germany to release this movie on DVD. Oh, cool! And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, <laughs> they they love it there. And I'm like, get out of here. He said, yeah. So he came down to my store and we went in the back room and we had the movie on and we recorded the uh, the commentary. Cool. So so I guess they gave him 300 copies and he gave you know he gave like some to me and some to Debbie and some to Frank and some to Sean and to a whole, whole bunch of people and he kept a bunch and he sold them sold them all on eBay and they sold like crazy and I'm like this is wow Germany like what am I like David Hasselhoff is that I don't know. <laughs> yeah you're, you're better man <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, recording an interview with Hasselhoff I'm recording with Karma and Capobianco <laughs> yeah there you go so that went, that was really cool. And um, then eventually uh, another company released it. And then we had screenings and people were showing up. And uh, you know, we started have, watching it in public with people. And just to, That's so cool. Just, I know. And to hear them laugh and people coming up to me and, and just like quoting really obscure lines from the movie. And, and it was like, wow, what did we make here? And it was just, it was filling me with glee i was just so happy to you know and then you know, like last year we had well a couple of years ago they did a, a screening in waterbury at a library they did psychos and galactic gigolo and all kinds of people came we had a lady in her 80s to have actually two ladies that were like in their 80s and they came and when i gave the introduction i said look i'm i'm really sorry but there's there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of nudity and bad language. And one of the ladies said, oh, I love it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so she watched it. And then a, a, a guy drove from North Carolina early, early Saturday morning and drove, I think it's 12 hours. Oh, damn. That's so much. To, to watch this at the library. And he was. He said, it's a, my, my bucket list, man, to watch these movies with you. And when it was over, he drove 12 hours back. I'm like, holy moly. 
And uh, I get it though. <laughs> yeah, it was just like I can't believe. And then we we did one at where my daughter works at the video store there because that's right near where Gorman lives, and we did a screening there. And people were driving from New Jersey and I'm like wow. And then we then we did our our best screening ever at a theater in New York. And Video Syndrome has a like a really great high def copy of the movie that they will give the theaters when we show it. it looks, oh, looks great. Damn. And I want to see that. <laughs> and it sold out. Oh, cool. It was like, oh, my God. And they, they couldn't have been happier at the theater because they were a little apprehensive. But it's like people came from all over to do that. So we, we want to do some more. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go back to like I visited uh, America last year, but I'd love to go back. And if there's ever a screening, I'd, I'd love to go to one. Um but yeah, Cycles of Love. Um, discovering that movie just last year was like, where has this movie been all my, all my life? Because <laughs> honestly, as a kid, I was never really into horror movies because I was kind of a scaredy cat. And But comedy, I could not get enough of. And uh -huh. that's why Cycles in Love really gets to me. Like it's so packed with gags and wordplay and running jokes. And more than anything, it feels like a live action cartoon, which is yes. which is the best way for a movie to be, in my opinion. And, yeah. and it's also very spontaneous like you know like you mentioned the gag with the poison and the fact like both of you hate grapes for some reason it's all very spur of the moment goofing off and that's super charming like i'm sure people ask about the grape thing all the time but it's obviously just mm -hmm. a joke and like what's the point of analyzing that yeah that was just a fluke uh, i was i was i had a job uh at working for the city of waterbury and I was at my job and I was busy and, you know, this was the time that Gorman and I kept having the script go back and forth. And um, he's writing, it's time for him to write before he sends it back to me. And he, he ran into this problem where he wanted to come up with a reason why Joe killed. So he said, why would, why would Joe kill people? What, why would he kill specific, specific women? And I picked up the phone and said, Gorman, I'm at work. He said, yeah, but just come up with something. I said, I don't know. They hate grapes. <laughs> Boom. And then, and then, then he just writes that. And then when he gave it back to me, I, I wrote the grape speech, and that was just like a running, a running gag. You know, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's all there is to it, and that's that's, that's all there is to but that's it. That's fine, and, and, you know. That's like like I mentioned, the spontane uh, spontaneous nature of the movie. That's that's real, what works in its favor, and why it's so charming still, and it still holds up. Like it's, it never feels try hard, you know, in in in, in its comedy. Right. Right. Well, everyone who was in that movie just basically played themselves. I mean, yeah. that, that's me. Yeah. You know, that was me. That was. I mean, I mean, don't actually, you know, kill people <laughs> anymore. You know, so yeah. Just, yeah, you know, that's in the yeah. past. I'm, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm freaking amazed that you learned English from cartoons. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, it's it's probably not just the cartoons. Like it's just watching english language movies that's just amazing me my entire well, what, do you, what do you normally so, speak day to day dutch well yeah really yeah. but let, let's just say i have a lot of online friends because i'm always chatting in english with them like i said people in canada and, and new york so uh and i also like write articles and do podcasts weekly all in english so i i have good practice you know <laughs> that's amazing it just amazes me that's, wow <laughs> well thanks <laughs> you, you you speak better english than most of the people i know here <laughs> yeah because i i have to try <laughs> yeah you know? i i don't know any any words in dutch uh, you know tulip i, I don't know I don't, tulip, yeah that's that's close to what it is in dutch though like knock out the eye and then you've got the dutch word say it tulp 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 Wow, that's that's almost the same word. So that's it's not that far removed from English, in some words. But yeah, do you do you do you clog dance? I do not. That is that is Dutch people because that's mostly Dutch people. Yeah, okay. see, I'm in Belgium, so we don't do uh -huh. that stuff. But we share a language with the uh, with the Dutch. Oh, so it's it's just a language, not none of the customs. No, not really. Well, not the one you mentioned anyway. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, my my oldest daughter's been to Belgium. She liked it very oh, okay. much. Okay, yeah. you know where she's where she's uh, stayed then? No idea. She did so much traveling before she got married and settled down. So I couldn't even tell you. But um, when she got back, we mostly talked about food. She's what was one of those adventurous eaters. 
So I, I said, what did you have? What did you have that was weird? And she would tell me, I'm like, ah, you ate that? Ooh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with me when I travel. I just go to like eat all the weirdest stuff I've never eaten before. So yeah. I, I get yeah. that totally. That's that's the most fun part about traveling. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I remember when I took my middle daughter to Hollywood and uh, she had just graduated eighth grade. And uh, I said, you know, where do you want to go for lunch? And she was like, Daddy, can we go to McDonald's? I'm like, no, I can't go to McDonald's. We're in Hollywood. Let's go to, you know, let's, let's go to the In-N-Out Burger. We're not going to go to McDonald's. <laughs> you can get McDonald's every day. Jeez. Exactly. <laughs> so do you still like watch a lot of movies day to day? I, I do. I don't watch as many as I, as I would like. I I just recently, a few months ago, got Hulu, okay. and I've been watching all these great TV shows that I just get hooked on. And it's like, like what kind of know. shows are you into? Um, right, right now I'm I'm finishing up Elementary, which is a, 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 a kind of a take on Sherlock Holmes and, and Watson. Okay, and I just I think it's wonderful. I just keep watching. I've watched like ninety some episodes of it, and. Yeah, and we watched um, Rizzolian Isles because I, I read the books written by Tess Garrison and I love them. And, uh, you know, um, and then for comedy shows, I, you know, Mike and I watched the whole Dick Van Dyke series. And Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, getting into the classics. No, yeah, definitely getting into the classics. He lo just loves Dick Van Dyke now. And uh, then, you know, there's some of the newer shows that, you know, we watch together that yeah, that he really likes, like Fresh Off the Boat and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but every once in a while, you know, my girlfriend says, hey, let's watch a movie. And then I said, and I always say, let's watch The Exorcist. And she said, no. <laughs> she <the laughs> why, why The Exorcist? <laughs> I love The Exorcist so oh, much. Okay. I, I, I bought the Blu-ray when it, it first came out. It is a great movie. It, it yeah, still is. And I, I haven't seen it yet. So she's, she's not a huge horror fan. Um, yeah, she she did like Get Out a lot, and she's willing to to try us, but it's a little oh, yeah, a it's, little bloody. So I saw us the other day, and yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was so, good. Okay. Yeah, I did think it was good. Okay. Probably not as good as Get Out, but still, I have fun with it. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, like movies, do do you like horror movies? Oh yeah, of course I do. Like modern horror movies as well, or are you like? Going back to the classics more. De uh, define classics. Classics. Well, when I think about classics, uh, it's it's different things, really. Uh, like you've got the 50s monster movies and you've got the Roger Corman era, but 80s movies are classics for me as well. Right. That, that's why I asked, because I do go all the way back to the, you know, the Karloff and the Lugosi and the, and, the, yeah, and that, that stuff. Um, so to me, those are the classics. Okay. Then, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in the 40s, too, there were a bunch. And then the 50s. Well, you know, there were some sixties, uh, and then and then there was the resurgence with um, you know Freddy and Michael and Jason, yeah, and, slashers. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah, like oh, totally. okay. You know, I I watched them, and you know, it's just I couldn't, I just couldn't do the whole series. It's like okay, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a yeah, lot. <laughs> and enough. Um, I love the one with John Krasinski. Um, uh, the one about oh, the yeah. sound. Yeah, Quiet Place. Oh, quiet Place. Like, oh my god, that was so yeah, good. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, watch it. It was great. I will. Uh, I will. <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> got to do a, a scene with John in a movie. I thought oh, yeah? that was yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was called A New Wave, and it, it was they had filmed it, and they kept saying, yeah, yeah, he's going to start on this TV show in the fall called The, the Office. Oh, so, way um, before it, then. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and and they're saying so that that might be a big thing. Yeah, it I'm was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it was, so I, I, I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this movie. Yeah, I'll do <laughs> cool. So, and he was really nice. He was really a great guy. Okay. How do you feel about movies these days, though? Like, what do you think of the quality of movies compared to, like, when you were making them? There, you know, in the old days when we were making them and everyone was buying everything they get their hands on because they needed product, like in the 80s when, yeah. you know, you know, VHS first came out, they were buying everything and there was a lot of crap. Oh, yeah. And people, <laughs> people were eating up the crap, too. Yeah. Um, and it just, it kind of ticks me off that if somebody buys a camera, they automatically call themselves a filmmaker. It, it takes... You know, I mean, you could put tap shoes on an elephant, but you'll never be a good dancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need some yeah. something more than that, though. You need exactly. some talent, uh, at least. Exactly. And, and it, you know, when I look at these conventions 
and I see who they have at these conventions, and I'm like, really? You have these people at the convention, <laughs> and you won't invite me? These are, have you seen their movie? You know, I, I mean, I won't just ask be, you for names. <laughs> no, but I'm like, just because she took her shirt off in a movie, does that really make it? Oh, like that? Good, yeah. yeah. And the guys, and there's, there's, you know, there's an, another convention that the same woman every convention is just like she did three really bad movies. It's like, okay. oh my god. So it just. Uh, it's, it's just yeah. kind of weird. I guess it's like just weird. the 80s was like the first real surge of consumerism, like you said. The, mm -hmm. Like the market for cheap horror exploded and just everything could get on the shelves. But yep. it's it's kind of a thing that just keeps snowballing, like even up till now. Like it's all become very consumerist, you know? Um, but just in a different way, like you've got Netflix and all the streaming services. Uh, it's all like you've got a binge watch, you know, um, and it's all a little bit more disposable. It feels at times um, because there's no physical product, which gives it a little bit more value. I've always felt like. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid and we wanted to listen to music and we, we would actually buy I don't know if you know what an album is, but it's a you know it's a I do. twelve inch piece of vinyl, <laughs> and you know in, you would sit there and you'd read the liner notes yeah, and you'd look at the picture on the front. Yeah, and now you just download the song. You don't know anything about anybody, and there's no picture to look at and no words to follow along. Yeah, yeah, and then just throw it in the trash and don't think about it again. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've you know, being that I had a video store when we closed up, I chose quite a few movies that i wanted in my collection i got tons of movies and it's just like why do we even have these i'm never gonna watch them again <laughs> but i don't want to sell them you know? yeah. uh, and then when i go to netflix or hulu or any of those streaming services and i see a movie and i watch it and i'm like yeah i'm really kind of glad i didn't buy this one yeah that's true that's that's the like the upside to it though I know, and you know what the sad thing is, you know, on Facebook, they, they say, okay, this happened a year ago, this happened two years ago and stuff like that. And I, I'll see my posts and I, I said, well, I watched this movie and it was really great. And I said the name of it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh man, I don't remember that movie. <laughs> and I, and I loved it, you know, and I'm like, I have no idea what that was about. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> you know, so, so a movie has to be pretty memorable yeah, yeah yeah and there there aren't really a lot of them you know i, I guess it, i guess the only time i really remember them is if i see them at the theater okay do you still do that a lot go to the theater not as much as i used to um i had uh prostate cancer and um so i have to pee like every couple of hours so when we go see a marvel oh movie, <laughs> geez, yeah <laughs> you know it's like i'm never gonna make it through these credits so uh, uh but we but my son and i still still go we all see you know in fact i have to take him to see captain marvel okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. apparently the uh, new uh, avengers movie is gonna be more than three hours so uh Get get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, pro we'll, I'll probably sit down towards where I can just sneak out yeah, yeah, and go, yeah. and then gonna come back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but um, I prefer going to the movies because I can if I get to see it in IMAX and in 3D. Because I mean that's kind of cool. That's not a that's not an experience that you can have at no, home. No, that's true. Really. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and um, also. Again, when we saw Cycles of Love, every time we see... I mean, I've seen it so many times, but, um, like, I wouldn't sit home and say, hey, you know, I think I'm going to watch myself in Cycles <laughs> of Love tonight. That's a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if it's playing somewhere, I'll go, and I basically try and experience what the audience is experiencing. You know, seeing what they're laughing at, you know, hearing what they're saying before and after, and then, of course, usually we have a QA. and a and I just love that. So I can watch it innumerable times as long as, you know, there's a different audience. And that, that's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, that kind of like interactive experience that really is its own thing. Uh, it is. It is. I was uh, very blessed to be invited to uh, Cinema Wasteland in Ohio. And um, they got me there and they said, we're going to have a showing of... Galactic Gigolo and Psychos in Love, and you can have a table, and you can sell whatever you want. So selling T-shirts and movies and all kinds of things. And I, my table was set up right next to um, 
uh, Bill, oh my God, I can't think of his last name, but he was uh, Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw 2. Okay, yeah. And then right next to him was John Dugan, uh, who was grandfather in um, uh, part one, and then uh, the other guy who was the hitchhiker. So I, I hung out with them, and it was like, well, this is so cool, man. I keep playing with these guys. And in fact, when I got a, a, a text from my daughter, a call from my daughter, my oldest daughter, and she told me she was pregnant, I was like all excited. And the first people I told were the three ladies from Evil Dead. I said, my daughter's pregnant. You know, because they had come to Connecticut. I met them there. I said, hey, we're going to hang out in Ohio. So they're, and they're just such really nice ladies. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah that's so cool. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, I think it was, like, 7 o'clock, they had a screening of Galactic Gigolo there. So I, I, I said to Bill, 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 the you know, Leatherface, I'll, I'll be right back. Just watch my table for a second. And he said, sure. And, and I went, and I, I just opened the door, and I peeked in. And the movie was about 10 minutes into it, and there wasn't a lot of people there, and, and nobody was laughing. And I'm like, God, oh, no. So I went back to my table, and he said, what's the matter? I said, man, nobody's laughing at the movie. So I stood there for a little while, and about an hour later, I went back, and I opened the door. Now the place is full, and the people are roaring with laughter. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so then they had... Um, they were going to show Psychos in Love, and they asked. They wanted me to do a, you know, a talk before the movie, an interview with um, Art, uh, and I think that's on the party batting. What's that? <laughs> Did you remember in the commentary, like that whole Artie padding shtick that you and Gorman Art- kept doing? <laughs> Artie padding? No, doesn't ring a bell. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like there, but th- there's it- a scene where there's some like girl in Psychos in Love playing with like a TL light. And uh, Gorman says, like, oh, that's what I call Artie Padding. And you're like, who's that Artie Padding? <laughs> I don't remember that. I'm going to have to watch it again. Yeah, that's really um, funny. <laughs> this is Art, Art, Art Edinger. Oh, okay. Who yeah. Was, yeah. So uh, I didn't, you know, he interviewed me right before the, for the movie. And um, I had met, oh my God, she was the star of Tomb of, of Lygia or Tomb of Lygia, Elizabeth. Some lovely lady. She was, you know, an older lady. She, this British movie, you know, um, the Vincent Price movie. Uh, was Vincent Price in it? Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, her name, na- her name, Elizabeth Shepherd. Yes, Elizabeth Shepherd. So you know, I got to meet her. She was just the sweetest woman ever. And she says, "Oh, I think I'm going to come to your movie." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that would be great." So I sat next to her for like the the first half hour, and then there was a, a guy that just kind of ruined it for everybody because he was saying stuff like, "Oh, look at him fill the beer. No bartender will ever fill a beer like that." And I'm like, well, yeah. "So she said, oh, I'm a little bit tired. I think I'm going to retire for the evening.'" And then she, you know, she she left. So then there were a lot of people who had never seen Cycles in Love. I mean, the place was standing room only. And then as soon as it was over, I went out so I could, you know, thank everyone for, for coming. And there were people just, like, coming up and hugging me. and said, I never saw the movie. It was the best movie ever. And they're hugging me. And it was great. I loved it and stuff like that. So I was like, it made me feel real good. And, yeah, and that for was, sure. Yeah. So I definitely love going to screenings. Yeah, like that kind of experience, you know, like that, oh, that, yeah. that kind of love you're getting from those people. Oh, that's, God, yeah. That's the best. It is. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. So, so when they say, hey, would you do a cameo in my movie? Or would you do a podcast? I'm in Belgium. <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, sure. You know, because you like the movie and there's a reason why I'm doing this. Because, you know, and I'm more than happy to do it. Oh, that's so cool. And that's why I eat ramen. <laughs> the sacrifice all comes unique. around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Thanks for doing this. Uh, of course. This has been great. And just thanks in general for being so welcoming to fans. I know not a lot of people necessarily are like that. And sometimes I get it because fans can be not necessarily a good thing. But I think in the case of Psychos in Love, it attracts like a right kind of fan, you know, mm-hmm. a positive uh, experience, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I love my fans. I really, truly do. And some of them, over the years, have become like true friends. Like, we hang out and stuff. And, yeah, just like, you know, when I did Model Hunger and, um, you know, like, Debbie and I were in touch all the time. And I remember we had a different person playing my wife in that movie. And there was something having to do with the union. There was a big rigmarole. It just didn't work out. So Debbie got in touch with me and she said, hey, listen, um, would you mind dyeing your hair? And I'm like, sure. Um, 
not a problem. She goes, yeah, we just hired Tiffany Shepis to be your wife. And I was like, you know, 50-something, and, and she's like 32. And I remember her from the convention. She's just wild. She was wild. You know, I would see her there. I never actually met her. And uh, then we went online, we started talking, and we would just insult each other. And I'm like, oh, oh my, oh my God, how am I going to get through this thing with this, like, this wild woman, this, this spitfire? So um, went out to uh, up to Buffalo, and uh, we had a seven o'clock call, and uh, I said, well, I better get up because Tiffany's coming to the set. And I got up, and I went outside, and uh, Greg. Um, Oh my God! I can't think of his last name, but he he did, uh, he did those movies, Slime City and Slime City Massacre. Oh yeah! Oh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Greg Lamberson. Yes, Greg Lamberson. Yep. And so he he picked Tiffany up and and brought her to the front of the set. So I went to meet her outside, and she she gives me a big hug, and we became fast friends. She was like the sweetest. I'm like, oh my God! I can't believe this is the same woman with this crazy persona. You know, and she was just, she was like, just, I mean, one of the nicest people in or out of movies I had ever met. She was just, she was just unbelievable. And we, we got along great. And I do have her on film just being totally mean, but <laughs> I know it was, it was just, it was just an act. And, and she was, she was really cool. Yeah. I like her a lot. I love it. And she, she brought her 10 year old, her 10 year old, well, I don't know how she was, how old she, uh, she was when we did the movie, but she, she brought her daughter her daughter had a little part in the movie and, and. So I asked to borrow her a couple of times because I really missed my son. And so she let me and we would go. I'd take her out for ice cream and stuff, which was very sweet. And then one day Tiffany had off. She went to Niagara Falls and she, she brought my son. He said, here, give this to Michael. It's from, it's from uh, Mia and me. And I said, okay, that's so nice. And Michael still has that little thing in his room. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, very sweet lady. And her husband's really nice, too. I had no idea that he had directed, like, uh, this horror film that I really loved. My brother saw it. He really loved it. I said, I met the director. He's really nice. Yeah, it was, I forget what it's called, Ghost Hunter or Death of a Ghost Hunter or something like that. Uh, don't know that movie. Yeah, it was really good. Really okay, good. I have to look that up. Yeah, his name is Sean. And again, I can't think of his last name. You know, I haven't eaten in four days. Sean That's probably Tretta? Right. Yes, yes, Sean oh, Tretta. okay. I looked it up real quick, so uh, because I don't know the movie, so <laughs> I'm not uh, coming to these uh, on my own. <laughs> okay, okay. It's like holy crap! How do you know that so quickly? You no, just, I just looked it up real quick. <laughs> yeah, and I just figured, well, if he can learn English from you know um, Bugs Bunny, he can probably look. <laughs> well, yeah, either Bugs Bunny and Groucho Marx, so it's it's not too far off those two things. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. So one last final thing I wanted to ask is maybe a good thing to wrap up on. Do you have like a favorite Marx Brothers line? Like one that you just use a lot or think about a lot um i don't i i love them all yeah, there's i do so have a favorite many. I, uh, yeah i do have a favorite movie yeah. though and that's animal animal crackers oh, okay yeah that's a good one and i i remember when i was in high school it finally got released to the theaters after going through all this these legalities and stuff and you know i'd seen them on tv and i was like okay these guys are pretty great but then when i saw animal crackers i was like oh my god this is so great um because I had bought the movie, I mean, the book, Why a Duck, and I was just and I started learning all their lines. I was like, these guys are funny. So um, then he, he, the same guy came out with Hooray for Captain Spaulding, which was another book with all pictures and lines from the movie. So that's when I, I really, truly fell in love with them. And then many years later, uh, maybe about, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe even longer, my bro my brother had gotten me tickets to the Goodspeed Opera House to see the play Animal Crackers, and uh, done by people, you know, portraying the Marx Brothers, and the guy who played, played Groucho was Frank Ferrante, who was actually sanctioned by the uh, Groucho estate to ad lib, he can do whatever he wants. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, I saw it, and I was just like, it was just magical, and after... After it was over, I went up and the guy signed my poster and everything. And I, I met Frank, and uh, um, and you should friend him because he's he's just he's always traveling all over doing his Groucho's thing, and and I I, I asked him. I said, Frank, um, this is my favorite Marx Brothers movie, and, and and you know there were a lot of things that you guys had done 
that I, I'm unaware of, and there was a lot more music and stuff, but there's this one scene in the movie, it's one of my favorite scenes, where uh, you and, and Chico are talking about uh, building this room, and we, and I forget the actual scene. And he said, "Oh my God, how do you how do you know that?" I said, "Because I love this movie." I I, I, I said, "Why would you cut out that?" Scene? And and he said, "Well, because we, we, by adding in all the songs and trying to do it like it was, we had to cut things out because it would just be too long." For you know today's audiences, I said, "Oh my God, why would you do that?" I could have <laughs> I was, literally, I could have, I could have sat there for like eight hours oh, yeah. and watched yeah. it. Guys. Yeah, oh, I bet. Oh man, that sounds so good. Yeah, uh, but he's he's really great. He does it very so. If you ever get a chance, Google Frank Ferrante, and you I can will, see how, I will. How, how, how well he does ground I, show. I yeah. need to find out about this uh, for sure. Never felt this way about it.